Welcome to Gabby, the marriage and family podcast where it will be okay. We are your hosts, marriage counselors Terrell and Tanisha Pugh. We are a family of nine who, after the death of our daughter, learned that life was going to be okay. And now we help other families in distress realize the same. Are you ready to heal? and learn that your marriage and family will be okay. Well, let's get started. Hello, this is Terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the Gabby Podcast. How would you like to do what you love, working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor? Well, we can help you over at TNTPUGH. That's TNTPew.com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to TNTPew.com. Thank you. Welcome to the Gabby Podcast. I'm your host, Tanisha Pew. Wow, that was really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) You caught me off guard. I wasn't even ready. I wasn't even ready. And And I'm Terrell Pew. And I'm yes, Terrell Pugh. Yes. <laughs> We're so glad you've decided to tune in again for yes. this episode. Yes, we are. Um, yes, we and, are. Uh, we have some an interesting topic to talk about. Yes, yeah? yes, uh, yes. But before mm-hmm. we talk about those topics, what's mm-hmm. your quote of the day? My quote of the day? Uh-huh. Oh, boy, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> um, I'll say this. My So my quote of the day is uh, from Viktor Frankl. Okay, if uh, for those of you who don't know him, go ahead and Google him. Uh, but Viktor Frankl, he has a quote, and I'm going to combine two of the things that he says. So I'm, I'm kind of cheating here, okay? Okay. All right, so um, and I'm going to try to remember it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not looking this up. No uh, but he says, Viktor Frankl says, that everything can be taken from a person except the person's... Um, well, no, I'm, I'm going to start over. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to start the yep, yep. he says everything can be taken from a man, yes, except the last of all human freedoms, and that is the freedom to choose how one is going to feel in any given situation. Mm. End quote. And I'm going to give you another quote uh, from him. Okay, mm-hmm. he also says, and quote. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, I, I just want to go back to yeah. that one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, because yes. that one's so good. Yes. That's one of mm-hmm. my favorites, also. So mm. say that again. Everything can be taken from a man. Yes, except the last of all of the humans free uh, of human freedoms, and that is the freedom how you are going to feel in any given set of circumstances or any given wow. circumstance. Wow. Yes. So you mean I have the freedom to determine how I'm going to feel when I'm going through um, a desolate situation? You do. You have the freedom to feel however you're thinking. Hmm. However, I'm thinking because we feel what we think because you feel what you think. It's very simple. It's like when someone says, you know, I feel or put it this way. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm pretty. I don't think I'm handsome. I don't think I'm smart. Mm -hmm. That's usually the language that comes out and that begins. And so when you probe that further, Mm -hmm. the other language behind that, it's going to sound like this. You know, I feel like I'm a disappointment. I feel like Mm. this and I feel like, you know, everyone else is succeeding. I feel like, you know, other people are just, you know, more handsome or prettier. 
That's because those are the thoughts that you're thinking. And so, yes, you feel what you think. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's powerful. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. All right, hit us with the next part of that. I'll board. save that for ne- next <laughs> another time. All right, I'll save all that right. for another time. Um, but right. okay, do you have a, a quote of the day, or we're we just going to stick with that one? You know, I think we're going to stick with that one. I did have one. Um, it's an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. It's, it's up um, to you. Now, mm-hmm. look, I'm not as great as you where I can remember it, um, <laughs> but it goes a little something along the lines uh. of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, us having the power of choice or being okay. responsible for our choices. Being responsible um, for our choices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, so you're going to pull that up now and Google it. See, I remembered mine. Yes, you did. I remembered you mine. You did. You right. did. Just for the record. You know, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. Tanisha used to say that um, I had such a great memory because I had little men working in my mind. I believed it. I mean, <laughs> I met this guy. I met this young man, this man of God, this general of the day, um, when he was 16, y'all, and I could have sworn he was 25, and I'm not trying to <laughs> blow hot smoke or whatever the yes, saying is. Yes. Um, you were just way beyond your years. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, you were the, the, the ideas that you had, oh my goodness, um, mm. I was very impressed by that. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. You know, I'll say this, in high school, my, myself and a friend of mine, uh, Vincent Warnerth, and shout out to Vincent if you're listening to this. But we used to have this TV show <laughs> hey, that was on um, the local network cable broadcast for Staten Island. And it was called Mind Traveling. And, you know, and it's just uh, us, you know, a bunch of 16, 17 year olds talking about the latest events of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's just what we were into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were woke before woke was a thing. Let me just say that. <laughs> woke before woke was a thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So here's one of her quotes. Um, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're mm-hmm. able to say to yourself, I lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the things you think you cannot do. Hmm. Mm. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Now, that wasn't the one I was referring to, but I think this one is Aww, so much come more on. relevant. You, you gave us one you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that one is good, though. Yeah. That one is yeah. good. Yeah. That one's, I like that. Yes. Um, but all right. All right. Well, let's get into our topic. Yes. You know, we don't let's belabor do it. it. Um, but, yeah, the topic we wanted to sort of talk about today is... Um, we, we call it emotional graveyards, mm-hmm. emotional graveyards. So what Tanisha is going to do, she's going to do a l- uh, just a little short read mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll chop that up a, a bit here and talk about what emotional graveyards are. Yes. All right. Perfect. So um, the read I'm going to actually be completing is from our book, God's Design for Marriage. It's available uh, on Amazon. It is available <laughs> a- on Amazon. Yes. Yes. Go get your copy. Um, and so this is in session five. Um, family of origin, um, and um, the scriptural reference that uh, we have here for this topic is uh, taken from Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, and it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. Always love that scripture. Mm. Our God can make rivers in the desert. Amen. Right? Amen. Mm. To get them, um, so I'm just going to run right down. If you're, if you have the book and you're going to read along with me, I'm starting in the second paragraph, and uh, and it starts by saying, 
Um, the idea of leaving your family of origin and past is often not realized until differences in values and practices arise. For example, it may not be until your spouse takes one too many vacations uh, until you realize that you don't enjoy traveling as much as they do. Thank the Lord we are on the same page with that. <laughs> I, like, I like traveling. I do. Yes. I do enjoy it. I like walking to the grocery store. I like traveling up the road to the gas station. I like traveling to this the guy. garbage to put, you know, the garbage on this the guy. curb of the house in mm -mm, the front. Mm -mm, <laughs> no, no. At least no. you don't you don't do me like those other folks when we start talking about travel. Remember that meme we uh, saw? Yeah, was yeah, it a yeah. meme? I don't even. It was know. a video. A video. Yeah, a video, it, it was a video. Yeah. Okay. Stay but yes, focused. let's stay focused. Yes. <laughs> um, perhaps the way your spouse practiced their relationship with Christ may look a little different. Uh, than yours, and then you begin to feel they may be overbearing or too liberal. Our origins provide us with a sense of safety and assurance that allows virtues like trust and commitment to grow um, or pose as a difficulty. Uh, think about your past and how you may have been provided with an environment uh, where you felt safe in expressing your thoughts and your feelings, where you were able to learn how to trust and to be trusted. Uh, where you were able to demonstrate commitment. Alternatively, if your past has contained experiences of abandonment, abuse, neglect, and betrayal, you may have a difficult time trusting or being trustworthy or even keeping to a commitment. Our history provide us with messages, and those messages, they inform how we interact in our present day, right? Uh, they give context to our actions. Our history also provides the answers to the question, why do I do the things I do? What we do with this history is even more critical. When reviewing your history, one mustn't get stuck in time, applying negative or incorrect narratives to the present. When considering your history, you're looking for understanding. You're looking to heal from past hurts. You're looking to finish any unfinished business. Many of us, we move through life uh, with a string of broken memories, and relationships that we we never revisit these become what we call emotional graveyards right and it's from these graveyards that we attempt to draw life from and use in new relationships this practice will only result in unhealthy and dysfunctional relationships not addressing our emotional graveyards will result in misplaced hurt we may hold others guilty uh, for the pain and insecurities we ourselves have not dealt with. When we engage in relationships, they often resemble family relationships in that we become vulnerable and uh, form similar bonds that exist in a biological family. And dear, did you want to do a little bit of the read? Oh, go ahead. Continue. Okay. Continue, please. <laughs> we assign roles and expectations to others that replace the broken or strained roles of our natural fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, grandparents, and so on. And we see that a lot, um, mm -hmm. mostly in, in, the, in, in our Christian family, right? Yes, that's yeah, true. We even mm -hmm. see where um, there are uh, congregants who will refer to their spiritual leaders as father or uh, or mother. Mm -hmm. um, since we've not come to terms, though, with the conditions of our own natural family relationships, whether through forgiveness or reconciliation, we'll transfer the hurt to those relationships we've replaced. But you can't replace relationships. 
-hmm. You must deal with the brokenness and the hurt of your family of origin before you can form, understand, and maintain healthy relationships with those you desire to become close to. Properly healing will determine whether you will understand the transgressions of others as a human shortcoming or a personal offense. Okay, and we'll stop there. There's a little bit more re reading there, but we'll, we'll stop there. I think that really draws the, and creates the idea of what an emotional graveyard is, um, the impact it can have on an individual. Okay, mm -hmm. um, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Let me ask you, and I guess you'll get us started here. Yeah. Um, any part of that stick out, or is there anything you want to say about emo an emotional graveyard? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The part that always sticks out to me is the, the piece where it says, um, we move through life with these broken memories, with these broken relationships, and mm -hmm. that is what makes up these emotional graveyards. Yeah, it's the these graveyard. Yeah. Unaddressed mm -hmm. problems that we feel we can just kind of mosey on forward without fully addressing. And when I say fully addressing, mm -hmm. um, what does that actually mean? Yes, yeah, so right? are, we, are we talking about going back to those individuals who've wronged us or who we've experienced hurt with and starting conversations with them? What, what are we saying when we talk about addressing and dealing with those mm -hmm. broken relationships? Yeah. And I'll start by saying this, um, because it can look different for different people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things is that you want to avoid is ignoring or avoiding it altogether mm -hmm. and pretending these things had never happened, mm. right? Yeah. Um, sometimes when we speak with individuals and we talk about addressing um, unfinished business with family, um, they may think, well, does that mean I have to fix things? What do I have to do? Does that mean I need to go and figure out how to get forgiveness or give forgiveness? Mm. Um, does that mean I have to reconcile? And to reconcile means to um, have a relationship be brought back to its original state. Mm. And that th that isn't exactly what that means. Could it yeah. be elements yeah. of that? Most assuredly. You know, as a, a migrant mm. from Jamaica, boy, I've had a lot of broken memories mm. and broken relationships. Mm. Um, you know, I migrated here to America at 11. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 11, at 11 years old, I, was, I had gone through molestation. I had gone through mm. um, just all kinds of brokenness, yeah. right? Um, and, and so for a lot of those memories, mm -hmm. I can't go back and get any kind of reconciliation. That's right. And so to your point there, you can't go back and get any reconciliation. Reconciliation is to restore something back to its original state, right? right. And a lot of times the original states of those relationships, mm -hmm. uh, they, they were broken to begin with. So you don't want to necessarily reconcile yeah. the relationship. You're not looking to restore it back to its original state. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking to restore a relationship with an abuser right. back to its original state, right? right? So that's not, reconciliation isn't necessarily something, mm -hmm. um, isn't dealing with Mm -hmm. those emotional graveyards. Mm -hmm. It's not dealing with those broken relationships. Mm -hmm. um, what I would say is this, dealing with a broken relationship mm -hmm. has a lot more to do with what you're doing internally with mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. than it has to do with how you're dealing with whomever hurt you. Mm -hmm. would, you would you say that? Absolutely, you know? a thousand percent. 
it goes back to your quote from Viktor Frankl. That's right. right. That's um, right. This one thing, this one element of the human freedom, is, which is your f- ability to choose how you will feel. That's right. Choose what you will think about in any given circumstance. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, as he said, cannot be taken from you. It can't. Right? Yep. Abuse situations, neglect situations, mm-hmm. uh, situations where there is um, any type of distress, a lot of things can be taken. Your physical freedom, yeah. right? Yeah. Your ability to speak up for yourself, mm-hmm. um, property, mm-hmm. materialistic things. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about the loss of life, death, yeah. that can be taken from a person, but you can't take how I choose to feel about that. Mm-hmm. You can't <laughs> take that from you. You can't take if I decide to find joy or mm. to find peace mm. or to see purpose and meaning in suffering. Yeah. yeah. You can't take that from me. That's, That's something right. that only I control. That's right. And you know what? That brings me to how th- th- it's in these moments where um, the life giving word of God can mm. truly penetrate and totally and utterly transform yeah. a situation that was created to destroy a person to be a situation that actually contribute to building that person on the inside. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's because of a quote like what Viktor Frankl said that tells me, you know what, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest and lovely mm. and of a good report, I can choose to think on those things. And I'm not talking about positive thinking here, guys, and just, Mm. you know, um, just uh, moving forward as those things don't exist. Right. You know, but God absolutely has the ability to give you an anointed perspective on your circumstance and on your situation, which I didn't plan to quotes, but. Going back to um, Eleanor Roosevelt, you gain strength, Mm -hmm. you gain courage, you gain confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. Mm. You're able to say to yourself, I live through, I lived through this horror. Yes, yes, that's right. I can take the next thing that comes along. Mm. Emotional graveyards. Um, yeah. And I'll mm-hmm. add this, you know, even when you when you think about a lot of times as Christians, we tell each other and we encourage each other to put on the mind of Christ. Yeah. Right. We say, look, uh, and then we may quote a scripture that mm-hmm. references the mind of Christ. Yeah. You know, go back to some of those scriptures and you'll find that mm. right before scripture tells us to put on the mind of Christ, to let this mind the same mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Mm. Right before that, it's talking about how Christ uh, bore suffering. How he handled suffering, mm. and then it goes into let this mind be in you, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's it's really speaking about the perspective we're taking when we're going through a difficult time, when we're mm-hmm. going through a challenge, mm-hmm. and in the context of an emotional graveyard, mm-hmm. we sometimes run from those relationships mm-hmm. because we don't want to confront the the hurt that yeah. was caused. Sometimes it's so great. That's right, yeah. and we see the hurt and the perspective of that hurt as mm-hmm. something that was taken from us, mm-hmm. something that has damaged us. In some something cases, kept us prisoner. Something right. that has kept us prisoner, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't want to return yeah. to that. Yeah. But yeah. if we begin to work on our perspectives of that and how we choose to feel about that, yeah. we can go back to that graveyard mm-hmm. and begin to heal whatever that is. And look, mm. if the Lord has it 
where the relationship is restored, then then that's that's a bonus. That's like <laughs> yes. a cherry on top, Amen. if you would, right? Amen. right? Amen. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to do like the text says. You don't want to go mm. forward in life and attempt to replace these people, right? You don't want right. to attempt to re- replace the father you may have never had or the right. mother you may n- have never had or the fill in the blank that you feel you did not have. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, and, and that's so important that's such a big part of this Um, because when we feel that we can replace those relationships that gives us a false sense that we've reconciled that we're okay that we're okay that we've dealt with it yeah you know that's like Mm -hmm. that's like if if I got shot with a shotgun Mm -hmm. now look if I get shot in a shot with a shotgun you better rush me to the emergency room you immediately. You will not get shot with a shotgun in the name of <laughs> I, Jesus. I, know, I, I cast know. that down. And I know this is an extreme example, <laughs> yes. but but it's, it's it's an extreme example because this is what uh, actually happens in a sense. You know, mm. people act in these ex- extreme ways. Mm-hmm. So if I get shot with a shotgun mm-hmm. and I turn around and put a Band-Aid on that wound, you're, mm. you're, you're going to look at me as if, you know, I've lost it in that moment. You're going to clearly see that the device of healing is insufficient and severely, mm-hmm. severely mm-hmm. under, um, you know, appropriate for what what is needed. That's right. But that's the same thing that happens, right? We, we try to replace and that replacement. Hmm. It's that's not that's it's not, not what you need. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's and right. and I also say this: it also places an unfair burden mm. on the person, on the other person that you're looking to use to replace that broken relationship. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and that comes out most in marriages. That's you true. We we find, or what in in our experience, we've seen situations where um, one spouse. Um, because there exists such an overwhelming amount of brokenness with their families of origin, Mm -hmm. um, they've found this place uh, of love, Mm -hmm. right, with Mm -hmm. their their new spouse. Um, And uh, they they look to receive everything that they've not received from those old relationships from that spouse. Mm. Um, You know, if to them, there's that spouse, they won't say it, Mm -hmm. but that spouse becomes their dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's they they become their, their, their best friend, which, you know, we, 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 we Mm -hmm. spouses, husbands and wives are best friends, Mm -hmm. um, but they become their everything. And the thing is, one person cannot be our everything. That's right. I'll even go further and say one person can't even be our something mm. for that matter. That's right. right? That's we right. have to be healthy enough to be able to be mm. self-sufficient. Now, when we talk about self-sufficiency, sometimes we speak about that in the context of, you know, being able to find work for yourself and clothe yourself and put a roof over your head, mm-hmm. but there is a such thing as sort of a psychological self-sufficiency where you're mm-hmm. able to produce happiness on your own yes. and you're able to self-soothe on your own. Yes. And yes. when you when those things aren't present, mm-hmm. you look to others to self-soothe you. You look to yeah. others to be your happiness. You yeah. look to others to fill in those voids. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And that results in in disappointment for the person who's looking for it. And um, and again, uh, the the person who uh, is looked to 
mm. um, to be that filler right. um, as, as a burden, as a burden. Um, and that can mm. create resentment. Mm-hmm. It can create all sorts of things. Yes. Um, it could just be a cycle of dysfunction, to be honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that gets so confusing. Yeah. Because it, it can, you know, a cycle of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I don't even so think of it like this. Right. So it's not only is it a cycle, mm-hmm. but it's also a spiral. Mm. Meaning if you if you look at it in a three dimensional space, mm-hmm. if you looked at it in a two dimensional space, it looks like a circle, a cycle. Right, right. But if you look at it in a three dimensional si- space, you're going to see that it's a, mm, uh, a, spiral. a spiral and mm-hmm. it spirals into, you other know, things. other things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it gets so complicated sometimes, yeah. especially from a counseling perspective, oh, yes. that it's really difficult to pinpoint the source mm. of what started all of this. That's right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how do you address it? Yeah. So we know all of the, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, I guess, consequence yeah. of not de- addressing our uh, emotional graveyards. And, and actually, before we go there, there's yeah. another point I wanted to go into uh, sure. or mention that was mentioned uh, mm-hmm. in the reading. Mm-hmm. And if you can go back to that, the, the last paragraph that you read, I just want to read the last sentence yeah. in that paragraph. Or can you read? Because you read so much better than I do. <laughs> oh, darling, I love um, you. Side note, let me, I'll just say this. We used to, you know, we went to the same high school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roosevelt High School, New mm-hmm. York, um, in Yonkers, New York, Westchester County. My grades are higher than his. I don't know. That's debatable. We need to go back and check the school <laughs> oh, records. Oh, I have record. I have proof. No. But we had the same English class yes. with our teacher, Miss Downing. Yes. And I remember we were sort of like in a competition to see who can get the the higher grade. Uh-huh. And we remember it differently. I remember having a higher grade. <laughs> oh, is that, is that so? Is I, that so? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Listen, see, <laughs> because I know I had the higher grade, I don't even have to challenge that. Yeah. I'm going to let you have it. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you. No, you know no, I. No, but you you probably did have the high grade, honestly. Like Aww. if if I had to put money on it, I would I would put money that you did have the higher grade. Oh my goodness, we're already married. I mean, <laughs> can we get married again? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yes, can you read the the last sentence? Yes. Mm-hmm. Properly healing will determine whether you will understand the transgressions of others as a human shortcoming or a personal offense. Properly healing will determine, right? So proper healing mm-hmm. determines whether you will understand the transgressions of others, mm-hmm. excuse me, as a human shortcoming or a personal offense. I think a lot of people struggle in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, even individuals who have marginally experienced um, any type of distress in their past. Yeah. Right. So we're not even talking about those who've experienced severe uh, breakdowns in relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes someone does can do something. Mm -hmm. And instead of seeing it as a mistake, Mm -hmm. you know, look, I'm sorry I made a mistake. That wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. Um, They see it as a personal offense. You meant to do this to me. You knew how this would make me feel and decided to hurt me. And I'll say this, that's a very selfish position to take. You know, it really places yeah. you at the center mm-hmm. of the entirety of that experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hmm. And that's so uh, that big. is a big one. And yeah. we see that a lot in marriages, uh, a lot in just in relationships in general. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. And, and it may leave the um, the other person or other party involved because it's not just um, marriage that you'll see this. Yeah. Um, it can be in um, mirage, myriad, <laughs> mm-hmm. myriad. I always mm-hmm. mess that word up. A lot, um, right, a lot. <laughs> a lot of relationships. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm going to say that again. Properly healing will determine whether you'll understand the transgressions of others as a human shortcoming or personal offense. Mm. Um, when we don't reconcile <clears throat> um, the, in the, the brokenness or the, the hurts or disappointments that's happened in the past, uh, we develop this narrative that we carry with us. Um, and similar to what we read, we carry them into how we experience um, new relationships, mm-hmm. how we um, uh, respond um, to, um, to, to whatever is transpiring in that relationship. Yeah. Um, and we begin to see those things through the lens of those hurts, that, that narrative, that skewed narrative that we, we bring with us. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and, and so that's why I said, you know, for, for what you just gave, that example you provided is such a big thing. Yeah. Um, because it really caused other people to feel so confused. <laughs> like, ah, I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, all I said was I don't like the color red. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that as uh, a person who's been on both parts, both mm-hmm. sides. So sure. I know what that that's like. Again, this podcast is mm-hmm. talking about um, issues in life, um, uh, difficulties and challenges that we we've all gone through mm-hmm. and have arrived on the other side to say it's going to be OK. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, husbands and wives out there, as you're listening to this, make sure you you know, this is something that you're not engaging in. And and if you are, mm-hmm. this is a, cl- a um, this is an indication that this might be happening, mm-hmm. um, that you are personalizing and placing yourself at the center of this. Again, mm-hmm. you know, a um, proper healing mm-hmm. will say that your transgression or your mistake is forgivable. Yeah. And you had all the best intentions and and I forgive you. And you can easily move to that, yeah. you know, especially when your spouse communicates to you, hey, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't my intention. But if you mm-hmm. find yourself mm-hmm. taking it personal, if you mm-hmm. find yourself struggling to move on yeah. from that, mm-hmm. it's quite pro- possible that you have not healed in a proper way and that you yeah. are still um, injured from um, from that emotional graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we before we moved into some of the, you know, how to deal with this, I wanted to at least address that because I know that is in a lot of our interactions yes. with with our spouses and with people in, in general. Um, Absolutely. It also can come out in our interactions with our children. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's how the um, the transfer to the pepper, um, the um, the perpetration of generational trauma can be passed on from one generation mm-hmm. to the next generation mm-hmm. because one individual has chosen not to deal with it and instead what happens is they transfer it Mm -hmm. to their spouse um, not their spouse excuse me their child perpetuates and Mm -hmm. it perpetuates it continues that's right Mm -hmm. Uh, and so a lot of this is also you know making sure your future generations are protected and are uh, psychologically sound in in their experience yeah yeah that they're healthy yeah right Um, so as Tanisha said how do you start to deal with some of this Yes. You know, 
when we talk about to go back to that reconciliation piece, mm-hmm. you're not reconciling or seeking necessarily to reconcile the relationship to restore it back to its original condition and even before we get there Mm -hmm. you must first be aware that's true you have to be honest with yourself and sometimes that in and of itself can be a journey Mm. a difficult journey yeah because sometimes to get to that place of honesty it means that you have to let go of Mm. some of the constructs that you've developed over the years um, as a safe harbor, right? A safe haven, which really isn't safe because it it keeps you from meaningful relationships. Mm. Um, So we have to confront that. And that can be a difficult thing. Yeah. That can be painful, heart staking, heart if that's that heart wrenching. Yes. Um, you know, and long process. Absolutely. Um, you know, mm. I would say if you are a person who's listening to this and you're identifying for yourself that boy, you know, this speaks to me. Something in what I'm hearing um, is resonating. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something that's very scary. I want you to reach out to the person you trust the most. If you're a husband, if you're a wife, reach out to your spouse. Completely open yourself up to your spouse for them to give you honest feedback. You know, help them help you explore uh, what may exist uh, um, as it relates to an emotional graveyard. Yeah. Be open to it. Don't be defensive. Trust that they have your best interests at heart, right? Trust that they won't lead you down a path um, that's going to be full of destruction for you. Um, and if you don't have someone you feel you can talk to right now, and I'm sure that there's at least one person, God gives yeah. us people, okay? Um, start with talking to God. Start mm. with talking to God. Um, and, you know, he'll reveal some of these things to you in your, in your uh, private time with him. And journal, get a pe- get a book and pen out and start to write. Because as God speaks to us, sometimes we don't val we don't value uh, enough when God is speaking to us. That's true. Right. That's true. Uh, sometimes we think we're just going to go and pray and ask God to fix a thing, and that's it. But when we go and we 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 pray, it, one, it's not just a monologue. We're looking for dialogue. God wants to dialogue with us, mm. right? So when you go and you ask him to help me, help me, God, in this area um, uh, of brokenness, help me, he's going to talk to you. Mm. And so value that and capture it with a, a pen and paper. Write these things down mm. and then find someone. There is someone. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you've told yourself years and years and years. Uh, that there's nobody you can trust. That mm. isn't true. That's right. That's not true. I know for a fact that isn't true because God is a good father. Hmm. You just have to trust that. Hmm. So that's where I would say to start. No, that's that's mm-hmm. that's good. It it has to start with awareness. Yeah. You're right. Because yeah. if something is outside of a person's field of awareness, mm-hmm. um, it's it's unknown. Yeah. It's unknown to them. You know, I'll use the example. I, I don't know if everyone will be able to relate to this, mm-hmm. um, but it reminds me of now. This is a little lighthearted example, <laughs> uh, but it reminds me of the Marvel miniseries WandaVision. 
And for those who are familiar with it, I, I won't go into great detail. Mm -hmm. Those who are unfamiliar with it, generally, um, basically what it what it was part of it mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. uh, one character essentially lost her um, lost her lover. Mm -hmm. The lover had died in a war, mm -hmm. and she had the power to construct an entire city um, around yeah. her and him, mm -hmm. and everything centered around her and him. That was just one of her superpowers she yeah. was able to do. But she constructed all of this, but all of it was fake. All of it was a figment of her um, imagination. They were her cognitive constructs. Yeah. And she stayed with within that construct. Mm. Now, the rest of the world still existed outside of that city, outside of that construct. Mm -hmm. And what would happen is whenever someone came in and tried to get close to, get her. Close to her and bring this her to the awareness that, hey, this isn't real, this isn't real. You, you've created a construct, mm -hmm. she would find ways to essentially destroy them yeah. because they were coming up against her construct. Yeah. And so... Mm. This, that's good. I, that I, could preach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And so that's what we do. Hmm. We, when people get too close to us and it begins to challenge those constructs that allow us to feel safe and keep our status quo, uh, we push them away. But not in, not in subtle, soft ways, mm -hmm. but we push them away in harsh mm -hmm. ways, in mm -hmm. ways that, that are hurtful. Yeah. And so to what you're saying, Tanisha, um, the very first step is being being aware and to be aware. You have to be open yeah. and willing to have your constructs challenged. Mm. OK, especially from someone outside looking in. Yes. So, yeah, yes. I agree. I yes. agree. Excellent. I agree. I think we may have to to mm. be continued this one because this one is mm. so rich. This is a rich one. This <laughs> it's is a very rich. Can topic. I can I mention one last thing oh, before absolutely, we. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, technically. I mean, it's our podcast. We can go on forever, right? No, yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't um, want to exhaust yes, our listeners. Yes. We want you to come back. <laughs> yes, we do want you to come back. I'll say yes. this. Um, yes. If we, if I had to identify a next step, right? Yes. Or at least if I had to identify something that you should work on after that, allowing mm -hmm. the awareness with, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mm -hmm. think that in and of itself would keep you busy for a really long time. Yes. Awareness isn't something that happens overnight. It isn't. That's important um, to note. Mm -hmm. But going back to that reconciliation piece, yeah. I, I want to make this just abundantly clear that you're not necessarily looking to reconcile with the person, that relationship as mm -hmm. much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, that could be, if that happens, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. That's great. That's, mm -hmm. uh, as I said earlier, a cherry on top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, that should be at least part of your plan. That mm -hmm. should be an objective somewhere mm -hmm. to at least make peace with that person. Mm -hmm. But before any of that happens, when we talk about reconciling mm -hmm. these experiences, remember, reconciliation means to, what does it mean again? Return something to its original state. Right, return mm -hmm. something to its original state. Mm -hmm. Let's think about what was our original state mm -hmm. as a person. Before I experienced the hurt, what was my original state? Now, you might be saying to yourself, well... You know, I was already hurt or I wasn't really that happy or whatever that was. But I want to remind you, Scripture says that God knew us and mm. he formed us before we were in our mother's our womb. Mother's womb. Yeah. 
So if God knew us, and not only did he know us, but he also appointed us Hmm. and set us for specific purposes. So there's a knowing and a purpose that God has given each of us, that God has given you way before you've entered the world, way before the contamination, way before the trauma, way before any of that. And the reason why Christ came and died for our sins was to reconcile us, right? That's good. He was to reconcile. He wanted to bring us back into fellowship with him. Yeah. And so when we say reconcile, we are specifically talking about you reconciling Mm. all of the brokenness that is in you, Mm. all of that brokenness with who God has designed you to be and intended for you to be. Yeah. And that does take work and that is a journey but i want to make sure that that was made clear that that's where the work and that's where the reconciliation happens amen amen Amen. that's powerful that Mm -hmm. is powerful um i just there's so much i can say about that Mm. my gosh that's good that is good it really it, it 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 changes the whole it changes the whole um journey (laughs) when you hear of what reconciliation truly is uh, it removes people that's right because we're our our task is never to be people pleasers that's right we're supposed to please god our father our maker right scripture says the whole duty of man is to fear lord and and keep his commandments that's right that's right not to please people Mm -hmm. um in fact scripture also says that the fear of man is a trap and a snare yes right so if you fear people you're falling into a trap that's right. Falling into a trap. Hmm. But all right, we can continue and, and say a lot on this topic. We certainly can. <laughs> we certainly can. As yes. you can tell, this is a, mm-hmm. um, a really passionate area. Um, I know definitely for um, mm-hmm. for myself um, mm-hmm. and I know for you as Amen. well. Yes. Because um, you've been on this journey with me for 21 years, plus yes. the five we were dating. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've know, I've known you since you were 14. you know known yes. me since I was 14. 16? Yeah. 16? Yeah. 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 A week, we met a week before your birthday? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Oh, he has to always I, put that in. Again, I, every, listen, <laughs> I promise you, you will always hear me say that because as a 16-year-old, I didn't want anyone to know that I was dating a 14-year-old. Wait a minute. You were ashamed of me? She was at 16. I mean, I was 16. What do you expect? <laughs> you know? No. Uh, but yes, yes. Um, so reconciling and going back and uh, allowing God Mm. to reveal um, the wholeness that you are um, in uh, in the original Mm. uh, order of things. That's right. right? That's right. Um, So that's the takeaway here. Um, And it starts with awareness. That's right. And awareness does not happen overnight. I love that you said that. Mm. It's a journey. Yes. It's a journey. And you are not alone. There are people in your life you just have to open your eyes and see who those people are that you can trust your heart with mm. to go on this journey with you. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, once again, thanks for tuning in to the Gabby podcast. And just one last thing we want to remind you. Yes. If you are interested in um, becoming a marriage coach, 
you can contact us <laughs> or visit our website <laughs> at horizonlive.com. I wasn't sure if that's what you were referring to. Well, that's okay. I was really referring to to let them know that it will be okay. But oh, you can tell them that too. Goodness. We do that as well. I yes. know. You're, look, listen, you're going to hear this that. Like at the third one, right? Yeah, I know. It's Bear the third podcast. Me. Third podcast. It's all right. It's, look, this is, this is who we are. We're real people who don't have proper timing and make mistakes you That's probably right. didn't even realize that was a mistake yeah we're but unscripted yes. There's exactly no script. it's exactly <laughs> no script no script yes but yes it will be okay it will be okay hello this is terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the gabby podcast how would you like to do what you love working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor. Well, we can help you over at TNTPUGH.com. That's TNTPU.com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to TNTPU.com. Thank you.